Well, good evening, one and all kind friends and neighbors to another edition of OBW Talks, the podcast of Old Baptist Weekly, which is always on Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock p.m. Central Time, whether daylight time or standard time, it matters not, 7 o'clock Central Time, figure out the other time zones, and you'll be just fine. We now come to the section of Galatians 3. Verses 10 through 14. And I'm just going to say it. I'm going to call it, brethren. For me, this is the hardest, most difficult section of all of Galatians. I, yeah, I said it. It's hard. It's hard. Maybe it's hard because I'm not uh, looking at things. Maybe I'm in the wrong place. But no, I just think it's, it's a difficult. It's difficult for this modern day Gentile to make sense mm. of an argument that was 2000 years ago, very relevant. And it's relevant today, but we have to take away some of the trappings of the Jew-Gentile thing, and we'll get to it. Uh, So we're going to look at Galatians 3, verses 10 through 14. There's a curse there. There's a curse. But guess what? It ends with a blessing, the blessing of Abraham. Praise God. And that blessing affects us, too. Mm -hmm. If we we, uh, exegete this right, Joe— we will show that the blessing of Abraham is just as much for us now as it was for them then. Right. It's still out there. And the spirit. But I get ahead of myself, don't I, Mark? So we're going to just, I'm just going to stop. I'm going to look to Dr. Jerry Q. Ancy, Elder Jerry <laughs> Ancy, to open with a word of prayer. Then our beloved Elder Joe Holder will give us his level set. We're praying for you, Brother Joe. And then Brother Mark, what are you doing here, Brother Mark? What are what is your I'm to keep you in line, Mike? Well, full time job. He's very good at it too. You'll, you at home will appreciate before too long what Brother Mark does to keep this broadcast going. So pray along with us. We're not here to say what we're experts in Galatians. As we as the four of us have found out, there's way more to Galatians than we know. And we don't want to be a stumbling block to anybody's study. Right. We don't want to take the place of your study. Right. Do your own study. And if what we say helps you, praise God. But it, but if it doesn't, just cast it aside. And then cast a mantle of charity on your beloved OBW Talks people. So, Brother Jerry, lead us in a word of prayer, please. Uh, prayer, let's pray together. Merciful Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before Thee at this hour. Thankful, Lord, for this privilege that we have of setting time aside and dedicating our hearts and our minds to to thy word, Lord. Lord, Lord, we need thee. Uh, We we don't have the ability to understand these things without the Spirit. And Father, we pray that you would just bless this conversation today, uh, that the things that we might say, Lord, would uh, be in keeping uh, with the context of thy word, Lord, that those that would hear the things that we talk about, Father, that they would have the spirit to uh, consider those things. But in all things, Lord, would thou grant unto us all understanding. Father, we're thankful for this uh, format that we have to uh, come before thee and before thy people with the single intent, uh, Lord, of of looking into thy word. And we we just ask that as as it seems good in thy sight that you would continue to bless uh, the effort as we go forward. Father, forgive us of our sins. Uh, Certainly we confess unto thee that they are many. 
And we just look unto the blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that you would look down upon us in, in mercy and just lead us and guide us by your spirit. These favors and blessings we ask in his divine and holy name. Amen. 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 Brother Joe, we pray the Lord will bless you now. <clears throat> Pardon me. Go for it, Brother Joe. Go for it. I get teased a lot for harping on context. The three primary rules of right interpretation of Scripture, I say, are context, context, context. Well, the context of the book of Galatians is the believer's personal and the church's collective culture. What is it? What were the teachers who led the Galatians astray from Paul's teaching trying to create in that culture? What's the future culture of the church going to be? What happened in Galatia could very much in large oh, part yes, flavor the future Amen. culture of the church. Hmm. I'm learning something about Galatians. Paul doesn't throw out a piecemeal argument to the Galatian churches, it, it's cohesive beginning to end, it flows. If we follow his reasoning and logic as he builds on cases after or case after case, it's a flowing argument. But Paul wisely uses contrast, pairs of opposites over and over. I love those contrasting passages in the Bible because if you study the contrast, you can flush out wonderful teachings that you would otherwise pass over. I want to go back, uh, not as if we have not enough to cover in these verses you've named, but I want to start with verse 9, the first contrast we look at. <clears throat> so then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Paul begins the next verse with a connective for as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, Cursed is every one that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. There's a play on this word law that I've wrestled with this all of my ministry. And, and if you seriously study scripture, it, it's a challenge, but it is very important. Frequently, scripture refers merely to the law as that unique code God gave to Moses on Mount Sinai right around 1500 BC. However, God has from the Garden of Eden imposed upon his creation, his unique creation of humanity, a moral and a fixed code of law or conduct. God's moral code is timeless from Adam and Eve till the second coming. It knows nothing about dispensations or different eras of time or cultures or circumstances. God's law is fixed and timeless. The law God gave Moses in, on 1500 BC in many ways expresses the same moral character of God and the same moral teachings to his people. However, 
in that code, God added some very unique features to that timeless moral code. The priesthood, the sacrifices, holy days, the circumcision of male children or male adults. Uh, it's a whole lifestyle that God created in the Mosaic Code. God's timeless moral law has no beginning and end. It's timeless. God gave it from the beginning. He will enforce it to the end, and it will be that code by which he judges the wicked at the second coming. Moses' law had a beginning and had an end. Chapter 3, verse 19. Yes, I'm jumping ahead, but it's important to the argument. Why do we serve the law? Why did we respect the law for all of those centuries from 1500 till Jesus came? It was added. That means it had a beginning. And it also means it was added to something that already existed because of transgression till the seed. It had an end when the seed arrived or came to him to whom the promise was made to the coming of Jesus. So the Mosaic law was added when God spoke it to Moses on Mount Sinai. It ended when Jesus came, I believe, specifically when he hung on the cross and yeah. died. And that veil in the temple was torn top to bottom. So uh, we may see even in our study verses tonight indications of either and or both of these laws. And it's important to distinguish between them. The Galatian false teachers were not teaching all of Moses' law. They weren't teaching priesthood and a lot of other things in Moses' law. They were teaching circumcision and holy days. We see that from the, the Galatian letter, but they weren't teaching all of it. Look at Paul's teaching, and, and this is very much taught in, in Moses in the Old Testament. Cursed is everyone that continueth not in selected chosen things of the law no in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them you'll find a, a reference to that in deuteronomy 27 verse 26 and then paul adds a third contrast to this point but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of god it is evident for the just shall live by faith. There's a subtle, well, it's not subtle, evidence of this point that no one can be justified by the law in the sight of God. In Peter's preaching on uh, in Acts chapter 15, none of our forefathers nor we are able to keep this law. Why impose it on Gentiles and tell them to keep it when we know they can't? Right. Um, so that is an evidence in and of itself. But Paul raises a higher evidence to prove the point. The just shall live by keeping the law? No, by faith. Faith. That's the primary evidence. I may get more technical than you want me to. I'll try not to. Our King James Bible was translated from the Masoretic Hebrew text of the Old Testament. In the Masoretic text, almost it, it is identical to our King James reading. 
I'll read that verse, Habakkuk 2.4. Behold, his soul, which is lifted up, is not upright in him, but the just shall live by, underscore the last two words, his faith. The Septuagint translation of the Old Testament from Hebrew into Greek, probably around 200 years B.C., was the common Bible, the Old Testament, read in the first century. Uh, if you study the, the Septuagint translation and those nuances of difference between the Old Testament text in the King James and the New Testament quote of that text, you can find the explanation of it in the Septuagint mm -hmm. translation. Let me read, <clears throat> pardon me, let me read the Septuagint. Habakkuk 2.4, if he should draw back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Pardon me. <clears throat> but the just shall live by, by, by faith. God is speaking, and God in the person of Christ, the one who was coming, is the focal point and the substance of true biblical faith. If we live by faith, conduct our lives by biblical faith, we are living by the faith of Jesus. And that faith is our faith when we walk in the steps and path of Jesus and his example. The word live in the Hebrew. Uh, you guys first got me just recently uh, interested in Esword, the Bible app. And I had used the, the tablet version of it for a long time, and, and it was mediocre. The, the version of it that goes on the desktop is much more helpful and beneficial. I, the one asset that makes that application worth its weight in gold is what Mike first introduced me to. In the Hebrew, there is a resource in Esword called ancient Hebrew. It's an ancient Hebrew dictionary that literally goes back in the Hebrew language to the time when the Hebrew language was pictograms. The pictogram in the ancient Hebrew dictionary for live is a pictogram of the stomach. <laughs> Think about it. What Habakkuk is teaching is not that an unrighteous, unjust person begins believing and he's dead and obtains life by faith. That's the modern teaching and the modern translation of this verse. It's not justified by the, by the text, mm -hmm. but rather that that person who is righteous, who has already been made righteous by something God did in and to him, conducts his life stomachs think in, in no circumstance of physical human physiology does one's stomach give life to the dead <laughs> but the stomach and its process in as god created it in the human body provides nutrition and vitality in short quality of life what does faith do to the believer? 
It adds vitality and quality of life. And that is what Paul is dealing with here. You Galatians, do you want to abandon your stomach and the quality of life you have in the gospel of Jesus and go back to something that only pronounces a curse? Why are you doing this? Chapter 3, verse 1, he, he says, Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey yeah. the truth? So I let me wrap up my level set with one observation. All of these pairs of contrast, Paul is teaching as a binary. It's either A or B. It cannot be a mixture of both. The right. false teachers were trying to create a mixture that could not exist. Amen. Jesus plus the law. Jesus plus circumcision. Mm-hmm. What were they doing? They had forgotten about Jesus and were obsessing over the law and circumcision. That's, That's what always happens. That's, what happens. That's the binary of faith. If you walk by the faith of Christ, you are obsessed with Jesus and him crucified. <laughs> there you have it, brethren. Go wow. for it. <clears throat> thank you, Brother Joe. And we thank the Lord for that wonderful oh. level set. We really do. Man, I wish you guys could have heard our anxiety before we got on the call. And now that anxiety is just, it's just out the window. Now, I don't know which of the two peanuts in the peanut gallery need to speak now. I just know it's not me because I want to savor the peanuts a little little while longer. <laughs> so which one of you two is it going to be? God being your helper. It's going to well, be it's, Brother Mark. It's, it's funny. going to be Brother Mark. Okay. it's I like that. Thanks, Jerry. It's funny. Um, you know, I, I, it, it's reminiscent of when I'm, I'm blessed to be able to sit in the pew and, and listen to one of my wow. yoke fellows preach because it doesn't happen often. And mm-hmm. when the Lord blesses immensely, my, my Bible is closed. Yeah. Uh, I'm not even looking up verses on, on my phones, mm-hmm. on the Bible apps on my phone. And I'm just trying to absorb everything. And what tends to happen in those situations when it's done, I, the only thing I can say is amen and hallelujah. Yeah. The Lord yeah. was preached. Yeah. And I, at a, about, you know, nine tenths of the way as brother Joe is starting, as he says, uh, let me wrap this up. I thought, Oh my goodness. I've just been sitting and listening. i you know, my Bible's closed, everything. I'm, I'm just, I was just, it, just taking it all in. And, uh, and then Mike says, okay, well, I'm like, Oh no. Uh, <laughs> That that uh, so, Mike, you you mentioned our anxiety, and and obviously there there was some just because of these uh, uh, five verses here from yeah. ten to fourteen. Just mm. the intensity of them yeah. is what just gets all over me. To where you know mm-hmm. we're we're about to hit 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 the go button, and I'm like, hey, are you know that verse thirteen? You know yeah. that law. Okay, are we are we are we talking about the same law? You know, it's like, oh my goodness, it's so intense. But if you look at a couple of keywords, and I'll just throw this out there briefly, and 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 get the conversation going. Look at a couple of keywords. Verse eleven, it says, "It is evident 
for the just shall live by faith. Faith. So that word evident, um, I believe, ties back to verse one, where it says, talking about yeah. Jesus Christ, who, uh, well, let me get it. I've got it right here on my computer. Evidently set forth, crucified. Yes. Uh, before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you. And then in verse 11, he says, it is evident. I believe this, the same evidence is in play mm. with regard to what he's talking about in verse one and what he's talking about in verse 11. Good and it's, point. The evidence is what Jesus Christ has done and what we have by virtue of what Jesus Christ has done. And it's the same in verse one. And he brings that thought back to mind in it's verse 11. Good. And then immediately quotes uh, Habakkuk 2 and 14, right? 2-4. Two, 2-4, four. Four. sorry, 2-4. Yeah. The just shall live by faith. So that he ties that back in in, a, in a, what I consider to be, at least in my little pea brain, a critical moment in his teaching here because he just talked about, and Brother Joe, that's a great point, is everyone that continueth not in all things. It's yeah. an all or nothing proposition under the law. Either you do it all or you fail in all. If you fail in one, you fail in all. You can't yes, pick and choose what it what we want out of that law, right? right. Um, and then he says, no man is justified by the law. And then he says, it's evident again, leaning us back to Christ, the just shall live by faith. And then in a text earlier today, I said, this helped me bring things together because there's a period in at the end of verse 11, and there's the word and at the beginning of right. verse 12. Right. And I look at it, read, read this sentence this way. The just shall live by faith, and the law is, law not, is of faith. not of faith. Yes. Okay, so just like it's all or nothing under the law, you know, if we're going to keep the law, we're going to keep all things, everything, not one thing left out. The just shall live by faith, and the law is not of faith. It's yeah. this case, it's one way or the other. It's not a combination of both. Right. The fact that Abraham is used, and the fact that he goes back to um, chapters, Genesis chapter 16, is it 16 or 15? 15. I can't. 15 verse 6. Yes. The fact that he goes back to that point, and Abraham believed God, uh, and it was reckoned to him for counted unto him for counted to him for righteousness. He doesn't he doesn't talk about when God said, "Here's the token of the promise." You know, circumcise the first male, right. first uh, circumcise uh, the male child. Um, he doesn't go to that. And it's not because he's saying, oh, I don't want them to think about this or I don't want them to know about this. No, he's going, he's not going to that because he knows immediately when they hear circumcision, it's one of the things that they've been being told to be bound under that they're going to say, oh, yeah, even Abraham. No, 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 no. That's not what that was about. What that was about is a token or a symbol of the promise that God made to Abraham, the mm. promise that God himself kept, especially with regard to his son, Jesus Christ. And so he goes back before that and says that Abraham believed. Abraham believed. The just shall live by faith, and the law is not of faith. The law, the law is if you do them or you don't do them. <laughs> but the faith of Christ 
that was contained in that promise is it, it contains everything. There's not anything left out. And here's the good of that is that the faith of Christ, indicative of, of Habakkuk uh, 2 and 4, and indicative of what he says in verse 13, that Christ is our all. He's everything. In him is the fulfillment of the promise right. of God. Yeah. And the just shall live by faith, and the law is not of faith, because the works of the law, there's no justification in that, but Christ redeemed <laughs> us from that. And so the just live by his faith. And Brother Joe, I love that. The just live by my faith, speaking as yes. God. All right, right, Brother Jerry, take it from there. Yeah, what? Well, for you, remember the just shall live by faith, Jerry. Right. So, for for you to say, brother Mark, the only thing that you really felt compelled to do was to say, "Amen." That's exactly what I was going to say if it was insisted upon me going after brother Joe's level set, (laughs) Uh, and and if for the same exact reason, when we are blessed to hear uh, the truth set forth. in our presence, the Lord is blessing it, and the truth comes forth. It resonates to to the degree that you, you just close everything else out, yep. and you just want to bask in it. Yep, exactly. Um, what a blessing mm-hmm. that is! It, it truly is a blessing, and, and I, I'm thankful for it at this very moment in time. Uh, Brother Joe, in your level set, you made mention of uh, obviously a number of things, but one thing that you said that really jumped out at me, and it in it shot my mind, my eyes to verse 12, um, you, you, you spoke of the ancient Hebrew, of uh, the, the word live in, in Habakkuk, as being the stomach, the, pic, the pictograph of a stomach. And I, and I love that. Uh, I, I, too, have enjoyed using that, uh, that resource. Thank you, Brother Mike. It's the last time yeah. I'm going to thank you. Amen. Yeah, Mike's good for something, um, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're welcome. Really because Love it's brother, it's. Mike. The the illustrative language and then the word picture that it paints is is very thought provoking, and I love how you you placed it relative to the stomach as being the the it's the source of sustenance. It's the place where that sustaining takes place, and and the quality of life comes f- spring forth from there. Mm. What is the saying we get here? Sometimes you are what you eat, yeah. right? I mean, <laughs> you want to have you want to have a quality, natural existence. Then you know, be careful what you put in your stomach. Anyway, uh, but so you made that point, and then you made the point, and Brother Mark brought it up that um, in uh, in verse ten, it's it's an all things. It's an all or a, a nothing, if you will, relative to trying to seek justification by the works of the law. You're you're not at liberty to pick and choose. It's an all or a nothing circumstance. Well, you then made the statement, and I'm just reminding you of all this, Brother Joe, because I have a point, I think. You then made the statement that it really is a choice that we make. So we know that's not eternal because we didn't have a choice to make from an eternal perspective. But, you know, we do have a choice to, to make. And Paul is dealing specifically from that, uh, that place, if you will, where, where these Gentiles are concerned, because they are either teetering on or they've stepped into making a really bad choice, a really bad choice. So he says this in verse 12, 
and the law is not of faith. Brother Mark, I love what you what you said earlier today in the text that we were going back and forth with. Just carry forth the sentence, the just shall live by faith, and the law is not of faith. What a statement of fact mm. that is. That is an undeniable statement of fact. You can do nothing with it. It is a fact. But then Paul says this, the man that doeth them shall live in them. Now, when I read that first off, my mind went back to verse 10, and maybe maybe rightfully so, I don't know, but I, I have another thought with it, frankly. When, when Paul says, the man that doeth them shall live in them, he's not talking about all the works of the law. He's, he sets before them a choice, does he not? Law and faith. Mm-hmm. He makes a statement, the law is not of faith. But you Gentiles are looking to set faith aside and move back unto a component of law. What quality of life are you looking to have? Amen. Paul is is showing these Gentiles, if you want to have the quality of life that comes by trust in the faith of Christ and his fidelity to the promise of God and the blessings that are ours by extension. Brother Mike, you mentioned that uh, if, if we look at this lesson correctly, it brings it right down to where we sit today in our lives. Those blessings exist today. Sitting here today, listening to our dear brother Joe level set us, my gosh, preach to us. In a, an encapsulated form, blessed of the Spirit, that truth resonates in our heart, and it comes to us not by a keeping of a law, but by the Spirit through faith. And we receive that even yet today. What quality of life do we want to have? What do we want to sustain us? Um, I tell you, I think that Paul really is is putting forth here to these these Gentiles. uh, Yeah, I suppose it's an either or guys and gals, but is it really? Is it really? The law is not of faith and the faith, faith is the only way, the only way that we will be justified in the sight of God. Oh, what a go, Michael. Well, amen. Thank you, brother Jerry. Thank you, brother Mark. Thank you, Brother Joe. Wasn't there a fifth person? No, it wasn't. Just this <laughs> four. You know, uh, I said it at the outset. For me, this section of Galatians is just really hard to plow through. I don't mean that as a as a uh, dig against Galatians. If anything, it just shows how wonderful that letter is, how deep it is. And I know we want to keep things simple and. Our modern age actually wants us to keep things bite-sized because of sundry <coughs> reasons. And sometimes for me, these these guys know what I'm talking about. Sometimes for me, it's hard to do that. It's hard to just uh, sw- to make sense of the whole argument. So I'm here to tell you, I don't have the whole argument sussed out just yet. I'm still working on that. Uh, but what these brethren have brought forth is is absolutely rock solid. It's totally within the purview of Paul's message to the Galatians and really his hopes and dreams for them. 
that they would turn back to this kind of life, this faith life, walk the faith way, walk the way that Christ walked. Because in walking that way, that's where blessings are to be found. Okay, so I guess maybe the only thing I could add that might not be a detriment is, and I've told these brethren this, I have come to see something, and Brother Mark, you brought this out really well about the word evident and how it points you back to Galatians 3.1. And I have been chewing on this for a while now. I'm just going to spit it out. <laughs> hope it's, go, go. I hope it's been hope it'll be okay. The point that Paul has made, and the point that Paul made in the first verse of the third chapter, if I could just put it in these words, is remember what God did to you as I preach the gospel of the crucified Christ to you. Remember what God did to you. What did God do to you? Mm. I think he answers that in the second and fifth verses, if I got it right. Uh, received ye the Spirit yeah. through the by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. And we have come to this conclusion, this consensus, that the hearing of faith is the hearing the proclamation which elicits faith. Mm-hmm. And uh, for that to happen, something powerful needs to take place. And it is when it happens, it is a marker of God's righteousness that God was in it. So we know that when the Galatians heard this, they were they were overwhelmed. It was literally a miracle happening in their presence as Paul preached that gospel. Like they could literally see in three-dimensional view the crucifixion. And more than that, how they participated in the crucifixion by by participate. I don't mean that they helped him or or we, anyone helped him. He did what he did all by himself. That is, Christ did all that he did by himself. But in participating, I think that points to our union with Christ and how that that death involves us. And the story of the crucifixion is the greatest. It's the saddest and the happiest story at the same time, and it's a story that is true. The best stories are the are the real stories, the real life stories, and the really the best best stories are the ones that include us in a great and wonderful victory over uh, an unconquerable foe, unconquerable to us, but not to Jesus. So the the lead off is to to the Galatians. What happened to you happened not because you did anything, not because I did anything. It was all God. It was not the works of the law. It was not you. It was not me. It was God. Okay. Why did this happen to you? I think that's what he gets into in the section that we covered last week and the two weeks before, the uh, verses six through nine, when he talks about the scripture preached before. Uh, about the Gentiles when he said to Abraham, in thee shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. That promise was two things. It was a promise about the bringing in of the Gentiles. And this is not as clearly put here. It will be a few verses down in the third chapter. But in thee 
we're going to find out, Paul's going to say, not just in Abraham, but in Abraham and in his seed, Mm -hmm. the nations will be blessed. The the seed is Jesus Christ. It is Christ. It's the Messiah. (laughs) So this prophecy is of a blessing to be brought upon the Gentiles as a result of the Messiah coming and doing what he is sent by God to do. That's the essence of that promise that God made to Abraham, and God said, I will make that promise happen. And when you see, and they should have seen this too, the Galatians, that is, when they saw what was happening to them, that was the absolute perfect sign that the promise has been fulfilled. It would not have happened if Christ had not come and done what he did. So the why Why did it happen? Well, because God said it was going to happen. He said it would happen at a certain point when the Messiah came, and the Messiah has come, and now it's happening. So we know what happened. We know why it happened, but what had to happen for it to happen? And I think Mm -hmm. this is that section, the verses 10 through 14, that explains that. There's a lot of technical aspects to it I'm not going to get into, because I'm not even sure I understand them all, and I always get lost in the weeds, as these brethren will tell you. But the point at the very high level that we can say is that what Christ did by his death on the cross is remove all obstacles to the kingdom of God here on earth for the Gentile children of God. Now, Christ's death, as Brother Joe alluded to, accomplished our our eternal salvation. It's what made it sure. He's our surety. But Christ's death did not only accomplish our eternal salvation. It accomplished a lot of things that Paul says are blessings, the blessing of Abraham. And he's going to say that in the 10th verse. He says, so that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. What had to happen for the blessing of Abraham to come on the Gentiles? Jesus had to die. He had to come to the earth. He had to do, fulfill the Father's will. He had to live faithfully, perfectly faithful to his Father. And he did. I think everybody should agree with me on that. If I say anything that deserves an amen, he did exactly what he was supposed to do to the absolute amen. perfection. <laughs> and in that perfection, God was well pleased. Mm. His wrath against the sins of his elect was appeased through the faithful offering up of Jesus Christ to death. Jesus Christ then was made a curse for us because the Paul quotes from Deuteronomy about cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. And bef- look, it's easy to get tripped up on that. Well, wait a minute. Well, I'm reading over Deuteronomy and it says this, and just just take it from what Paul says. (laughs) Paul's the apostle after all. He's the inspired writer. So let's just stick with Paul, okay? Paul made good use of that verse for good reasons, and he did it for reasons that God approved of. The point that he gets out of that is that being hanged on a tree, whether you're already dead or you die because you're hung on the tree, you are made a curse. Right. God sees you cursed. Right. And there's something about being brought down off that tree within the same day, right? I mean, if it, if it stays on the tree the next day, then the curse comes on the nation. <clears throat> okay, so Christ was made a curse for us. 
did he do anything to deserve the curse? No, but he took that curse by being hung upon a tree. Why is he no longer under that curse? Because he was brought back to life. Mm -hmm. He's no longer indebted to the law. He's no longer under bondage to that thing. That curse no longer has any power right. on him. Right. It, it, it does not have power on those for whom Christ died. Right. Amen. That's We're right. We're free from that curse too, whether we know it or not, whether we uh, believe it or not, whether we accept it or not. If you are a child of God, the curse is off of you too. And mm. in, in the fourth chapter, there will be more said about that. Mm -hmm. Okay. The curse is removed. That frees up the blessing of Abraham to come to the people that were not otherwise going to get it, the Gentiles. But this is a blessing unlike the blessing of eternal life that requires faithfulness on the part of the ones to whom the blessing comes. And, and to put it short, to put it as succinctly as I can, which is a miracle if I can do it, <laughs> it is the same thing that happened to the Jews on the day of Pentecost. Mm. It is the same thing that happened to Cornelius and his household when Peter preached the gospel. The mm -hmm. Spirit came down mm -hmm. upon them, and it was undeniable, right? I mean, you right. could not deny. They, these people were not drunk, as some people say the apostles were. They, they were full right. of the Spirit, That's unlike right. anything ever before. You know why? Because the curse had been, been removed. Lifted. Right. Now, it's free. It's free to us. But just because the curse is removed does not mean we will do as we ought. We must live by the same faith that Jesus lived by. And by living by that faith, walking by faith, Paul says, walk by faith and not by sight. By walking by faith, what happens for us? We, we experience the blessing of Abraham. Mm. Am I wrong, brethren? Am I, am I no, involved? You're not no, wrong. you're spot on. Keep, keep yeah. preaching, Mike. <laughs> that's that's what I think he's saying in those five verses. I, okay, so I'll stop. <clears throat> The, the the I introduced everything except thirteen and fourteen. Thank you. You you opened the door to verses thirteen and fourteen. All of the blessings and the complexities that begin. Paul in verse thirteen confronts the colossal impairment, the impediment that prevents those blessings. Yes. Mm -hmm. Then Christ takes it away. Takes yeah. it away. We had some discussion before the recording or before the, the, the stream. When Paul says Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, is he talking about the law of Moses or is he talking about that timeless moral law? Mm. In Romans 8, verse 2, after saying that there is no condemnation to those in Christ, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ hath freed me Made from me the, free law, the law of sin and death. In this context, and I think this is a key point that we need to, to really emphasize. In this context, Paul emphasizes the eternal consequences In of that what context, yes. Mm -hmm. We shall still die, but 
Christ redeeming us from the law of sin and death means we're going to be raised. Right. It's Amen. not going to be permanent. When the Lord comes back, we right. him in glory and be with him for eternity. That's right. So we have been lifted from the law of sin and death. However, we still, that doesn't mean God lifted the law and, and left us in license to do what we wish. We are under the law to Christ, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9, 21. Yeah. There's a bigger point, and I love this point. It took me 67 years to get to this point. <laughs> There's hope for you guys. Let's hear it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Let's hear it. We are now not under the law of sin and death. We are under the family law of the family of God. Oh, yeah. Right. Hebrews 12, verses 5 to 13, the point of chastening. But listen to the words of verse 5. And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children of the family. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. We are now judged, chastened, and obligated mm -hmm. out of love and relationship to walk by faith and serve him. That's We're great. under the family Boy, law of God now. And that's Amen. the law of faith, not the law of circumcision. Amen. Other law that ignores Jesus and what he did. Amen. Right. right. So, and, and that's why Paul, in this text, after he says Christ has redeemed us from the law, he took us away from the eternal consequences. They're settled in Jesus. Amen. But yep. look what Paul says, that the blessing of Abraham might come right. on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Removing the eternal consequences of our sin opens the door to what Jesus <laughs> does for our timely blessing. Thank you. for That's what I've been trying to say. Yes, there are conditions. You said it, Mike. You said uh -huh. it well. The temporal Amen. blessings depend on what Jesus did and depend on our walking by faith, yeah. not listening to false teachers who put us under the law. Now, Man. that's my second level set for the day. You're, I'm free <laughs> next week. Yeah, and that's a, that is a complete uh, message of those five verses, if I, if I know anything. I just, I know these other two verses from... Uh, one from Leviticus and one from Deuteronomy, where he talks about the law is not of faith. Those are important. Don't, but don't get lost in the weeds. Don't forget what that message, the message that you should be getting out of that section is what Brother Joe just brought to us, mm -hmm. is that Christ removed the impediment. The impediment had eternal consequences. Yes. And that is settled for all of time and all of eternity. Mm -hmm. Whether we know it or not, it's settled. But that also opened, like Peter, or I think the church at Jerusalem said, it opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. Right. Amen. The door of faith right. was closed to them, but now it's opened. Does that mean they'll walk through the door of faith? No. 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 Because if they're looking to the law, they're not walking by faith. That's right. That's Paul's part of his point. If you go to the law and you walk in the law, 
you're not going to be walking through that door of faith and enjoying the blessings that Christ has won for you, right. has given you to enjoy. Am I wrong, brethren? <clears throat> You know, and I think, you know, uh, Mike, you mentioned uh, Peter's experience with Cornelius when he went down um, and preached to them. There's there's a verse in there as Peter's preaching that talks about that we are witnesses of him, um, you know, both among the Jews and in Jerusalem. And it says they hanged him on a tree. And then it says. Uh, whom God raised on the third day. So mm -hmm. Peter preached that message that you he were did, talking about. He, he preached did. it. He preached it to, in the house of Cornelius. But I think what ties <coughs> what ties into that is a little bit further down. It says, "And while he yet spake, the Holy Ghost came upon them." So. Yeah. He was preaching about Christ delivering us from the curse. And in that same context, the house of Cornelius received the blessing of Abraham, right? Yeah. He, yeah. They received the hearing of faith. They believed and they were baptized and they rejoiced. And then, of course, the apostle Peter goes up to Jerusalem and, and tells them about it. In Titus chapter 2, you know, where I think in verse 10 it says, uh, For the grace of God that brings salvation hath appeared to all men. And in verse a little bit further down, it says something about that he uh, redeemed uh, redeemed us. Ah, oh, hang on Where a second. It? Where is it? Where is it? It's it's in the book of Titus. It's in chapter two. Let me okay. See okay. Ah, oh, here it is. Uh, verse fourteen. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and mm. pu and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous oh, of good good there you go joe there's your yeah. anti-libertarianism right there yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so you've got peter a vital example peter and cornelius and what all happened there and how that came into play and yeah brother joe i thought about <clears throat> romans chapter 8 verse 2 and then it's at verse three, um, for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own right. son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, sin. condemned sin condemned in the sin. flesh. Oh, what's, what's he not one? only condemned it, he paid the penalty. He, he paid, paid the penalty. The penalty. What's yeah, verse four right. say, Mike? What's verse four that say? That we might be made the righteousness there of God go. in him who walked not after the flesh, but after the There you go. There you go. It just keeps happening. But I really like Titus. I really like what it says in Titus that he might redeem us from all That's iniquity. That's a great text. And purify oh. himself a peculiar people, right. zealous of good works. Doesn't that go hand in hand with Ephesians 2 and 10? Right? Yes. There is workmanship. Yes. So, yes. But it, Paul's not, not to say anything bad about Paul, but Paul's not the, <laughs> he's not the only one that presents this argument in this way. Peter presents, presents it too. Yeah. We gotta give kudos to Peter when he deserves them, right? Right. <clears throat> right. Um, he deserves that one. Those, but those things help solidify in my mind that, that, I don't know, maybe transition is not the right word, but the, the global explanation or the global view of what he's saying, he has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Uh, and now by, by that and through that, we have the hearing of faith. I mean, that's right. Four Gentiles sitting right here, right? You know, right. But Last we time I checked my birth certificate, that's yeah, right. <laughs> we have the hearing of faith. Uh, 
And it's based on the fulfillment of the promise in Jesus Christ. It's all by promise. Yeah. All by promise. Yeah. Grace. And that grace. the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the mm-hmm. Spirit mm-hmm. through faith. Mm-hmm. That promise in covenant came well before the law. As we will learn next week. That's right. right. When we get into that. Next, next week, one of the first things that Paul talks about is a covenant that is certified, that is entered into. Uh, 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 uh. And, and and you can't disannul it. <laughs> Jerry, Come on, Jerry. Don't don't steal Jerry, our thunder just look, yet. Look, I'm struggling well, not, not to fair. go into verse 15. You're, you're borrowing <laughs> next week's grace <laughs> for this week's. Okay, so there you <laughs> You know what? The, the Lord is is plenteous with it, brother Mike. <laughs> yes, uh, yes, He is. You, you brothers have covered these five verses so <laughs> wonderfully. Um, it, it it it's almost automatic to just expand because the the point that Paul is making is airtight. It, it it's absolutely airtight, and it's difficult in some of the language. Uh, that we find ourselves back and forth and, and trying to get our, our mind around it in its entirety. Uh, if we will just stop and understand that this is based upon the promise of God plus nothing else. Yeah. And when God makes a promise, mark it down. Yep. Mark it down. Take it to the bank. And, and we're evidence. Today, Brother Mark, you just said it. There's four of us knuckleheads online here. Well, three knuckleheads and Brother Joe online. <laughs> Maybe he's a Jew in disguise. Uh, I'm, 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 in, I'm, in, I'm in the line right ahead of you guys. That's why you don't see me. <laughs> and, and, There's and, neither and Jew nor Gentile. <clears throat> hopefully it's obvious to anyone who might watch the, the recordings of these sessions how, how truly much we rejoice in um in in the bounty that God has blessed with the hearing of faith and being blessed of the presence of the spirit to understand the things that God has given unto us yeah. is there a better guys is there a better way that we could spend time together than no. speaking Amen. of these things what a what an amazing uh, not in this world <laughs> not hey, in this world brother mark thank you can, can, I, right. can I share can I share this one thing about verse 10 I, I just came to my mind <clears throat> And then I'll uh, I'll not shut up. But <clears throat> <laughs> in Galatians three ten, <clears throat> for as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. Now we'll find out in just the next couple of verses the curse has been removed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. but he's saying people today that are of the works of the law they're under the curse. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. They still. Are it's they're still under a curse that they don't need to be under anymore, mm-hmm. and that tells me what it means to have the curse removed is that the the reason why we were under the curse was because of the cursing law, if I can put it like that. I don't mean ill of the law. The law, there's nothing wrong with the law, whatever way of the law you want to say it, the royal law, the moral law, mm-hmm. the, the Levitical law. God's law is just holy and good. The problem right. was always the sin in our flesh that warped the law and 
made us turn it into a legalistic thing that it never was supposed to be and saw in it opportunities for gaining life that never were there because they pointed to the one who would bring all those blessings to us. So to go to the works of the law, I think what Paul's saying is, you're going to that which Christ died to spare you from, to save you from. Why why go back to, it's like in other places where he says, why go back to those dead works? Why go back to uh, the uh, letter of the law? Because the letter killeth, but the spirit maketh alive. Mm -hmm. And so the works of the law, children of God, just as much heaven bound as anybody else that's a child of God, still can make bad decisions. And they can get messed up or confused in their mind and think what is faith is really not faith. It's legalism and legalism, no matter under what guise will always suppress and bound and uh, cause a feeling of inadequacy, a constant feeling that you're never good enough. Well, of course we're not good enough. But that's the faith the way says we we are righteous in Christ. We have Christ's right. righteousness. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Isn't that something? I mean, yeah. the last thing I want to say, Joe, I feel like I need to say it I, because I used to do this. I used to look at the verses like 14, the promise of the spirit through faith and say, is he saying that's how we're regenerated? Is that regeneration? Mm-hmm. I'm convinced mm-hmm. that's not regeneration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's not talking no. about regeneration. He's talking no. about the coming of the Holy Spirit as yeah. you hear the, the gospel of the crucified Christ preached, just like we have examples of. And Paul says the Galatians knew exactly what he meant. So we're talking about the blessing of Abraham. Joe's right. Christ, what he did, had more than just temporal consequences. Certainly, certainly more than just temporal consequences. Yeah. It brought eternal deliverance. But it also brought blessings that we can enjoy in this life. Is that too hard a concept? I don't know why that seems mm. to be a hard concept for people. Uh, they confuse the eternal with the temporal. And boy, that's, ooh, that's, that's kind of. The analogy is it's a child in a loving family thinking he's an accused criminal in criminal court. Ooh, yeah. That's really what it's about. That's and if right. you put that, that idea in your mind, you're living in a prison of your own. Right. Oh, oh, that's a cursed existence. That's that a wretched is. existence. It's awful. It is. Yep. Wow. Are we at, you know what? I think we're at the end of the, are we at the end of the hour? <laughs> yeah, we got, oh. yeah. Uh, we better be because yeah. I'm, 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 You're itching famished. Keep, I'm itching to keep going into fifth, verse <laughs> oh, 15 yeah. and on down. <laughs> Don't do like Jerry. <laughs> Don't do Jerry. Don't do like, Jerry. Not, doesn't have I'm any self control. He didn't no. have temperance. <laughs> yeah, right. Like I'm the only, I'm the first one that has ever jumped ahead. Right? We're not talking you know? about us. We're talking about you, Jerry. Okay. <laughs> okay. So as we, as we, uh, <laughs> we bring our, our time, as we bring our time, to a close, let's have a, a moment of uh, closing thoughts. Who, Jerry, Mark, Mark, Jerry, Mark. Go ahead, Mark. So the the blessings, hang on a second, let me get back to it. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. 
I know that the Lord Jesus Christ himself in John chapter 8 said that Abraham rejoiced to see my day. He saw it and was glad. Um, you know, the probably the greatest, I, I, it, at least in my mind, and I stand to be corrected, the greatest blessing that Abraham received, believe it or not, I don't believe was the birth of Isaac. I think that was undoubtedly a huge blessing, Right the fulfillment of of what God had told Abraham he would do. But I am under the impression that the greatest blessing that Abraham received was in Mount Moriah years Mm -hmm. later when he took Isaac up and offered him up to God and saw the day of Christ right then and there. I think that that is the apex of of the blessings uh, of Abraham that he received. If I interpret that correctly and, and apply that to us today, we have a even greater blessing than that that Abraham had, but it's still the blessing of Abraham because it's the promise of faith. It's not of the law. How many times through an eye of faith have we felt, heard, seen, experienced the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ and understood and realized his finished work? that he wrought. That's what Abraham saw. Yeah. We see it. We're blessed to see it through faith over and over and over again. And how much that means to us. I never get tired of hearing what the Lord Jesus Christ has (laughs) done for these people. (laughs) Never get tired of it. And when the Lord blesses that experience and that faith uh, is is made present and I experience that communion with the Lord Jesus Christ, it is the greatest blessing. Somebody said, what could we do? What better thing could we do with our time? And in this world, there's nothing better to do with our time than to think on and preach on and listen to uh, what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for us. That's the blessing of Abraham, brothers and yes. sisters. Oh, it's good. Amen. Roger. That is all. Yeah. That, now to that, I just want to say amen <laughs> and call it because the thought that, that really, uh, I probably should have gone first, brother Mark, the, the, the thought that, that hit me a little while ago, brother Mike, you were talking um, out of verse 10 is really in contrast brother Mark to the beautiful thing that you just set before us. Mm -hmm. And and that is consider why would we, and I think Paul asked this question, why, 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 why do you want to go back under something that quite frankly, you were never under to begin with? Right. Why, why do you want to do that? Why would we today want to live under a governance that does not have the capacity to bring us what we what we seek after from from the inside. In the case of the Gentiles here, they're looking under the law. Brother Mike, you mentioned, and as you were talking about verse ten, legalism, and I think that's a term that uh, that applies in the in the context of of this lesson. Um, to live a life uh, identified and defined by a legalistic point of view, Brother Mark, you mentioned I could sit all day truly and listen to what Jesus has done for me mm. and rejoice in it and find liberty in it 
and be blessed in it above above everything. Yeah. It takes me no time at all to get weary of somebody placing a governance over me, telling me what I need to do, what I need to do, what I need to do. What a blessing we have today that we're set at liberty from that through Jesus Christ. Mm. We come to church to hear what, what he's done for us. We don't come to church to line out what we've got to do for him. Right. <clears throat> So that's in contrast to what you said, but it's it's kind of not. No, I think it's, I think it's <laughs> hand in hand, brother Jerry. I really do. Oh, that we Amen. would recognize the blessing that we have. Yeah. Oh, what a what a good study, brothers. Brother Joe, Jerry, you mentioned people who hold the weight over us, and you've got to do, you must do, you must do, you must do. I think for all of God's people, a lot of the time, the voice that says that is the voice in our head. Yeah. We tell that to ourselves and we put ourselves in that legalism yep. and it, that yep. bondage. When we're walking by faith, yep. we find that liberty, that blessing of Abraham that Paul is talking about here. As we were coming to a close, I, I started pondering a passage that puts legs to the blessing of Abraham and what it means. And, and that would underscore the fact that we're under the family law of Christ and God now, not under God's criminal law, mm -hmm. to, to borrow a human analogy. And I, we could spend hours in Isaiah chapter 60. I want one verse, and I believe that one verse captures the reality. Do you really believe that when you go to church on Sunday morning, you get exactly the measure out of church that you put into it? Mm. Um, that's, 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 that's technical legal righteousness, right? Right. Is that what God says happens in his family? Absolutely not. Let me read it. No. And this is this is no. where the Gentiles are brought in. This is everything Paul's teaching in Galatians, all the way back to Isaiah. And here's the the grand conclusion. When we get to the bottom line, for brass we we bring him brass. I will bring gold. Mm. We give God brass. He gives us gold. <laughs> wow. And for iron. We get a little skimpy and we give him iron instead of brass. I will bring silver. And for wood, we get really chintzy with our service and weak in our faith. And we give him wood. He says, brass. And for stones, iron. Every point yeah. down the line, God gives us something better than what we give him. Wow. That's the family law of Christ. Yeah. Right. Wow. That falls right in place. It. I will also make thy officers peace, not legalisms pounding yeah. your head and saying, right. you must, you must, right. you must. Right. But the sweet peace that comes. Hmm. Now, what does Paul say in, in Romans 5 1? Being justified by faith, we have peace. peace. Yeah. I'll make thy, thy officers, your enforcers, not legalism, but peace. 
Yeah. And thine exactors righteousness. Mm. Hey, uh, man, thank you, Lord, for the family we have. Amen. <laughs> and on that note, we're going to close. <laughs> Seriously, I don't have anything to say. I mean, I'm just uh, overwhelmed that. by the study today. This has been a great study for me. Like I said, mm. this is a very difficult section for me. Maybe not for anybody else, but it certainly oh, is for me. And yeah. And I feel like God blessed us to make a little bit of sense out of this wonderful epistle in this section of the epistle mm. too. So we're going to let you go and we're going to have a closing word of prayer. We'll be with you next Tuesday. We're going to start with uh, verse 15 and who knows where we'll go from there. <laughs> right. So rich turf ahead. It, yep. it is. It is brother Ma Mark close mm -hmm. with prayer, please. Yes. Our Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for this opportunity again to study thy word. We're thankful for thy guidance, for thy spirit that leads us into these things. We pray, Heavenly Father, that we rightly divine the, the word of truth. We pray, Heavenly Father, that what we do is, is glorifying unto thee and edifying to thy church. Continue to guide and direct us in these paths. Continue to open our minds and help us uh, cast away the vain thoughts of this world and uh, mm. focus our minds on thee and thee alone. Um, forgive us of all of our many sins. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 Say good night to the good people, my friends. Good, good night, night, everybody. Good night.